Hey everyone, and welcome to another episode of Crushing Real Estate with Brian Pham, where we interview real estate professionals around the industry. If you enjoyed this episode, please subscribe to the show and leave a very positive review. We release an episode every single Sunday, so stay tuned. Enjoy. Hey guys, welcome to another episode of Crushing It Real Estate. This week you have a very special guest, so special. He's going to introduce himself right now. Hey man. Welcome to the show, dude. Super excited to be here, and uh, thanks for having me on the show. Definitely. Can you tell us a little about your story? Yeah, yeah, man. So my name is Peter. Um, I'm mid-30s. I'm actually based in New York City and also upstate New York. So uh, that's kind of been been a Northeast kid, I guess, since the beginning. I grew up in Syracuse, if anybody follows uh, college sports. uh, Mm -hmm. I'm a Syracuse basketball fan, although this year we're Mm -hmm. going to we, um, you know, I, I grew up there and, you know, I always had an interest. It's interesting, right? We sometimes grow up and we have these dreams, right? We have these interests. They tend to evolve. They tend to go through different, you know, kind of manifestations, right? We have the expectations that our parents and society and our teachers have on what we should do with our lives, where we should go. Mm-hmm. But for me, I knew I always wanted to be an entrepreneur, mm-hmm. right? So I had that, like, ingrained. I just wanted to create stuff. I wanted to like be my own boss. I want to just, you know, control my destiny, so to speak. Mm-hmm. And I didn't know how to get there. I didn't know how to do it, right? I went to school for finance and economics and a very traditional track. I was thinking I would go down and work on Wall Street for a bit and mm-hmm. go do the corporate ladder thing and climb up and then maybe I could go start a business when I actually arrived, right? Or when I made it or when I had enough money to, to quit the, the day job. But, mm-hmm. you know, it doesn't always work out the way you plan. Yeah, and never. Right, and the path to success is usually a jagged one filled with mm-hmm. turns and obstacles and walls that we never really foresee or, mm-hmm. or plan. Right, and we have to find a way to break through them, mm-hmm. you know, not go around them, not be deterred by them, not back down from them, but go through them. Mm-hmm. So, for me, I've encountered a series of walls and shut doors that um, have actually opened up far greater paths and opportunities. Um, and so Fast forward a little bit, I, I knew I wanted to, like I said, to do something entrepreneurially. I knew I had an interest in real estate, I didn't know where to start. So I said, you know what? I think the best place to start is just to get a license, right? Like make some sales, like be an agent, learn the business from the ground up, right? Contracts, properties, people, everything. So mm-hmm. I did that. I got licensed in 2013, mm-hmm. six years ago now. Um, and I just started to be a real estate broker, luxury broker. I started at the very high end of my market, mm-hmm. hour plus vacation homes all over upstate New York. I went my first year, this is a good story for breaking through discouragement because we've all been there. We've all felt, you know, defeat and failure. I went my first year in real estate without one sale, not one dollar of income, mm-hmm. completely discouraged, 40000 in debt. My family's like, dude, you got to get a real job. And I'm like, <laughs> I'm not going to give up on myself. And yeah. I think I'm going to make this work. And I stuck it out. I got back to basics. And I developed one really critical skill, right? And that's finding in luxury sales mm-hmm. how to list properties, how to build a listing inventory, a portfolio, how to convince people to believe in you, right? Mm-hmm. You have a track record or sales record. Mm-hmm. So I did that. I built $30 million in a luxury portfolio. Amazing. And then the 15th month, the first one sold. Next one sold, and that second year I made close to three hundred thousand in income after not filing a tax return the mm-hmm. prior year. And every year it's just you know grown and led to other things. So the moral of that story is wow, like that's not how I envisioned things. Mm-hmm. I didn't plan on getting into real estate that way, mm-hmm. but 
when we're open to what I've learned is when we're open to the how changing, the path diverging, mm-hmm. the the way to get there, right? And getting there, meaning getting to fulfillment, success, and your purpose, what you should be doing, mm-hmm. is less important than understanding the vision mm-hmm. and the why. What's going to drive you? What is your mindset going to be? How are you going to work through and persevere through mm-hmm. all the stuff that you are going to inevitably encounter and face? And for me, that was a big part of it, was developing an ironclad mindset. Dude, that's that's an awesome story, man. I love the part where you're like, you know what? You just have to run through the walls and figure out you know, how to do it. You That's a great entrepreneurial mindset. You know, you figure out how to do it. You don't figure out, hey, no, I'm stuck. I'm back, back off. You figure out, hey, how can I solve the problem? Other okay. other things I really like that you mentioned is that, you know what? Some doors close. Don't feel discouraged, man. Because guess what? It's just That's just another way of the universe telling you that you're, you're desperate for something much better. You know? Yeah. That's the way I see it. It's like, at the time, you're so discouraged that things don't work out the way they do. But, all, but sometimes when you trace and look tra- like connect the dots going backwards you're like wow i'm really glad this didn't this didn't turn out because my life is so great right now you know and that's just the universe oh. telling you what to do and i got a good corollary to add on to that story right mm-hmm. that's a really good point i forgot to mention the reason why i actually was almost almost forced into being an entrepreneur was mm-hmm. this i sat the summer of 2012 reading the last of seven rejection letters to graduate school. Oh, wow. I didn't get into one graduate school or a JD MBA mm-hmm. to go the traditional route of going down to Wall Street, having the corporate ladder, working in iBanking, all that. Literally, whoever it is, God, hiring committees, admission committees, said, <laughs> not good enough. You're not going to do this. Like, this is not for you. Yeah. And I said to that, this was my response. Crinkled it up, threw it in the trash, right then and there, I said, you know what? They just made my decision for me. Mm-hmm. Thankful. I'm going to be an entrepreneur. I'm going to create my destiny. I love my it. Life. I love and it. I'm going to take control of my fate and my future. Mm-hmm. And I did that. And I never looked back. I can't tell you. Had I gone that route and gotten in, I would have just graduated. Mm-hmm. Brian, I want to mention this too, which I didn't mention, which was sometimes, you know, we're, we're kind of almost whatever's controlling things, right? Uh, mm-hmm. It's kind of forcing us into a direction that's oftentimes much better than the one we think we should be on, right? Mm-hmm. And for me, I it took reading the last of seven rejection letters from oh, graduate wow. school. Mm-hmm. Seven. Of all the JD MBA programs I applied to, thinking I was going to go again, that traditional route, moving to New York, working in an iBank, coming up the ladder. No, none of these admissions committees and schools said that I was good enough to do that. Mm-hmm. So I sat there dejected and discouraged and down on myself. And it just was a huge, huge blow mm-hmm. because at age 30 now, I was like, what am I going to do now? I'm, I, this was what I wanted to do was go back to school and reinvent and start a new career. And, and people were telling me I wasn't good enough to do that. Mm-hmm. So in that moment, I marshaled my inner strength, mm-hmm. my confidence, belief that I would be okay. Right. And I decided to be an entrepreneur wow. fully 100% dive in, control of my future destiny and my success in life. Mm-hmm. I'm not going to leave it up to somebody else to decide if I'm good enough. Mm-hmm. So right then, I did, and I said, you know what? That interest I've always had in real estate, the training I have in business, you're, you're going to be okay. You're going to make it start from the ground up. Yeah. So that I decided to get licensed, and that's when we went into that first year of building the foundational skills mm-hmm. of understanding real estate from a grassroots level, yeah. which then led other things which we can talk about in development, hospitality, investing, apartments, and other things that came from building 
a successful real estate brokerage team in practice. I love it, man. And that, that mentality you have is awesome, dude. And I'd like to mention before that, you know, you're like your first year, you're 40K in debt. Everyone's doubting you. Like you, you maintain your vision. You know, like you, yeah. you knew what you were doing. Like no one else can see what you're doing. Unfortunately, that's a common theme in entrepreneurship, right? Because everyone thinks you're just crazy, you just give up. But hey, it's something about being broke and being in debt that really gives you the extra boost you need. You know, yeah. I always tell people like entrepreneurs, like every time we feel desperate, we do things we would never do. We'll make that yeah. cold call you never do. You follow up on an email you never do. You know, if you're comfortable, like everything is working out fine, you won't have that extra edge that will make you so successful that you are today, you know? Totally. And a great a book by a, a mentor and somebody I really look up to and, you know, I've done a lot of work with Dean Graziosi, his new book. If you haven't read it, The Underdog Advantage is awesome. And it's all about that. It's about the power of not being the expected winner, the entitled one, the one yeah. in position of establishment. Mm-hmm. It, it actually can be a curse, right? Yeah. Somebody coming from behind, coming from low expectations, you know, not being heard of or on the radar. We have all the opportunity for massive growth then. Exactly. I love it, yeah. man. So let's kind of hop into your your first big deal. Like, what was the big turning point you had? Like, you're like, oh man, I can totally do this. And yeah. what kind of preparation did you have before that too to prepare you for this big deal? Because we all understand that success never happens overnight. It's a series of small steps that you do consistently that prepares you for the big moment that you kind of seize because your mindset is in the right place. So can you walk us through that very moment? Sure. Yeah, the, probably the big first deal I had was taking a 30-room boutique resort, waterfront resort, with mm-hmm. two restaurants, 100-year-old resort up in the uh, mountains of upstate New York. I was the listing agent on it. Couldn't mm-hmm. find a buyer for two years. Oh, wow. Jesus. In the bankruptcy, distressed, distressed asset. Mm-hmm. You know, the management couldn't couldn't run it like they needed to. Long story short, it was in, in the uh, beginning stages of foreclosure. We found a way to put a deal together where two awesome. of my friends and clients from New York City wanted to move up to a lifestyle business in the mountains. Mm-hmm. Um, I always had an interest in, again, hospitality and travel the world and always wanted to be somebody who created an experience in a place for people to also do the same thing. Mm-hmm. We both had common connections, had common places up here in the mountains and vacation there since mm-hmm. we were kids. And we said, you know what? We see a need here in the market. We have a vision for this. We want to meet that need. And we think that this resort, if it were renovated, repositioned, remarketed, it could actually do quite well. Mm-hmm. So what we did is we created that vision back in Napkin into a business plan. We started with Marshall Resources. Long story short, we purchased that property in December of 2015. Oh, wow. We needed to embark on a seven-figure renovation, down to the studs, all the rooms, mm-hmm. two new restaurants. We renamed it Great Pines, and we reopened seven months later after round-the-clock renovation with three crews. That's, that's really fast, man. It is fast. <laughs> three crews, and while we were doing that, GCing a project, we had never GCed any project. Yeah. We were recruiting, training, and prep, prepping a staff of 30 people to open in the busiest weekend of the year. Oh, my God. That's crazy. And this is, Brian, this is the funny part. Is, this is three kids. I was 33 at the time. They were 30. Um, that have had no hospitality and no restaurant and no project management experience Dude, whatsoever. That's, that's, that's crazy, man. Um, a lot of people... I'm glad you guys turned that around, dude, because, you know, it can easily win the other way as well. <laughs> no, it could have. And it, we actually just won a bunch of awards last year for number one best local resort in the beach. Dude, that's, so, that's fantastic, uh, dude. So I just want to... It's been a good run. Not without challenges, though. There's challenges. Of course, man. Things, right? 
Mm-hmm. We have seasonality and cyclicality, and it's not it's not all roses. I mean, these things are hard, you know, sometimes. You feel like they are going to go sideways. Yeah, I agree, man. And there's something I want to highlight for our listeners, too. This is one. is like, guess your mindset, you know, like, you didn't. You saw this deal that didn't sell for two years, but what? You got really creative. You got creative financing. You got creative, and you got creative with your vision. The other thing I want to point out is the importance of relationship in real estate. Hey, yeah. honestly, like you, your prior relationship relationship to your friends, to people you meet, is was a was a huge turning point, and in, in order to make the deal work, you know. Totally, so and it, it does. We find the best opportunities that are uh, closest to us in our network, right? I think yeah. a lot of the deals that we've done with my other company, um, where I'm uh, vice president of acquisitions, for yeah. investor investments out of New York, mm-hmm. we do a lot of value add multifamily, large scale investing around the country, mostly mm-hmm. like 300 unit apartment complexes and up. So really big capitalization here, anywhere from yeah. 40 to 60 million. Um, all of our deals over the last four years, every one of them has been an off market transaction. That's, that's fantastic, dude. That means your really pipeline is really strong. Market really hard to source, right? That's yeah. one of the hardest things. As investors, we all know, one of the most important and hardest skill sets to develop is to identify, source, and find deals that not everybody else is aware of and picking over. Exactly. I, I, I get advice from a lot of people too, but I always feel like the deal can always work at the right price. It doesn't matter how shitty the property is, how crappy it is, um, it can always work to buy at the right price, you know? Exactly. And I, I really, I want to touch on the relationship side of things again, is that, you know what? You partner with your friends, you know. There's a lot of stigmas that that people that a lot people like they always think like, hey, I don't want to partner my friends because I don't want to ruin that relationship. But yeah. you know, I don't think that's true at all. I feel like the, the people that I trust the most are my friends, <laughs> you know. Yeah, yeah. Um, I, you know, for me, it, there's a level of familiarity and trust that actually facilitates the deal. Yeah. Whereas some people might think that it detracts from it, right? Yeah. When you're dealing with a management intensive asset and mm-hmm. hospitality is that, meaning hospitality as a property class in real estate is very unique and not that similar from an operational standpoint to a multifamily and office retail deal. Yeah. Any of them, because you're actively managing 24 hour leases. You're renting rooms on a mm-hmm. daily basis, right? Yeah. So you have the experience focus you know, problem solving, you, you gotta understand so many different things, right? So for me, I wanted people that I knew I could trust, that understood our clientele, that understood the market, that had a love for the area and a passion, and not just bring in somebody from out of area and out of town that, you know, was from a headhunter that was just a regular old property manager that you just, you know, recruit and bring in. Like mm-hmm. this, our friendship and connection really helped this partnership work and helped us also elevate in the market because we were providing a unique experience. We were so passionate about what we were doing that like mm-hmm. families and kids and people wanted to come see it. And then once they saw it and saw the service mm-hmm. and saw the product and what we were doing, they came back and they told their friends. I love it, man. I love it. Nothing works better than referral. So you're on the right track, man. Hey, let's, so let's, okay. t- this is, uh, let's talk about your setbacks. What was your biggest sure. setback that, that really, that really like hurt your mindset, hurt your motivation and, really made you feel like you weren't able to do it, but how'd you overcome that? You know, obviously you're very successful right now and we, and we like to hear stories about people who are very successful overcoming their challenges. So what, what was that very moment like and how'd you overcome yeah. it? Well, I've had, I've had a few, Brian, and I think the, the ones that I've had, you know, most recently I think would be without getting too much into detail. I had an, um, and, uh, and, 
an unfortunate, shall we say, separation from my former company that I affiliated with on the oh, broker no. side. I'm sorry to hear. And it actually was the biggest blessing in disguise in silver lining that mm-hmm. allowed me to now go more all in on my other businesses where I have the most passion. So mm-hmm. while I'm still keeping my real estate brokerage team running, we're with a new company, a, a, a boutique luxury international firm that's amazing mm-hmm. at Engel and Pokers. For me, it's opened up bandwidth, time, and an ability to now create a hybrid model based on referrals, having other divisions in private aviation, yacht brokerage, international travel, investment raising, all these things that now I can offer my high end clientele that I couldn't before my other brokerage. Mm-hmm. But what it does is it frees up time and bandwidth for me to do more on the investment side and then mm-hmm. my new company, which is a multimedia company, mm-hmm. which is what I'm probably most excited about, Brian, which is basically a thought leadership company where I'm now sharing everything I've learned in real estate from the brokerage side on a digital course to you know a mastermind on the investment side to my second book is releasing in a week and a half. Congratulations. Rolling out. I'm basically taking now the success, the lessons, the failures, the triumphs, all those things, and I'm helping inspire and motivate and give the tactical tools for other people to build mm-hmm. income, wealth, and freedom into their lives. Dude, I love it, man. This is fantastic, dude. You took a bad situation and you only thought positive, you know? Like it's it, everything you just mentioned to me, it's all mindset. You know, it just yeah. depends on how you view the problem really. Most oh. people most people will be be like, oh no, like this really set me back. I can't get up. For you, you're like, wow, like now this frees me t- frees up time for me to create better ROI for anything I do, you know? Exactly, and now I can be more present and passionate in what I'm really driven by, right? Because here's yeah. the thing I want to impart on your listeners, that it's okay that our passions, our interests, and the way in which we want to spend our time and capital, it's okay that that evolves as we grow, yes. right? It's okay that as we get older and we get more experience that we want to do different things yes. more and certain things less. That's okay, but for me, it's a a while and an unfortunate circumstance for me to give myself permission to let go of control in one area mm-hmm. to put more emphasis and focus in another. Yeah. I love it, man. You're, I can see why you're so successful, dude. Everything you say is all mindset, dude. I love it, yeah, man. I'm, it is. Yeah, I'm very much the same way, too. It's like I never see the bad in any situation. There's always a good in every situation, you know? And, I love it. Yes. Yeah. You, you see it. Yeah. I mean, isn't it? And it's it, the rub is in how do you identify it, right? Because exactly. Like, you have to give ourselves permission to get upset and to feel things. Of course. To have emotion and to go through the trials and the tribulations. Yeah. Because there's so many lessons in that. I have my biggest lessons are in my failures. Yeah. But like, you have to be able to. Here's the one trait that I really like and I try to live by. You got to be resilient. You've got to be able to exactly. bounce back. You've got to be able to take those lessons we talked about, fit mm-hmm. relentlessly to your vision be flexible on your means and then persevere through the walls because here's the thing, nobody that's ever been or gotten successful has done so without a series of failures. It's just nobody talks about Mm -hmm. or sees the failures often. It's part of their story and it's how much they want to share that with the world. Yeah, I absolutely agree with that one, man. And take it this way too. Every time you reach a setback, it's just, it's a real test of how much you really want it. How much yeah. do you fully believe in your vision? Because you're easily you're easily cracked by any kind of pressure that comes your way, and that means you're not really passionate about what you want to do. You know, definitely, man. That's that's yeah, that's a great story, dude. Hey, so let's dive more into your goals and motivations. So, what are your sure. goals for the rest of 2020, and what do you want to accomplish this year? What's the biggest thing you want to do? 
Oh man, that's a tough one. I just came off my like end of year planning and mm-hmm. visioning for 2020 and for the new decade. We're in a new decade. How awesome is that? And I that's love crazy. The music, but that's my favorite. And I hate to say it. I ran out from drinking the uh, polar sellout. So, <laughs> you know, we'll find my drink. I love the cry as well. I mean, I drink like six a day. But so 2020 is exciting because it's the first year of an entire decade, right? So think the foundation for me, mm-hmm. I'm mid thirties. I have so many big goals in the next 10 years. One of my biggest goals is I want to positively impact over 100 million people. That's I want amazing. to do that through my life's work, my messaging, my content, to yeah. inspire, motivate, and train people to really step into their greatness, to live their best life, to be equipped in this new market, this new era, to go after their dreams like never before. Mm-hmm. So that's my focus. I'm doing that in different ways and modalities, but I'm trying to be a leader and a teacher. And I'd say 2020 biggest goal is probably to continue to build my platform, which is now leveraging, obviously, the internet and social media's distribution channel to mm-hmm. reach more people, to get closer to that goal, and to continue to create content that resonates with our students and clients. That's my biggest goal. I love it, man. And I like how you mentioned that, too. Is like consistency will always bring more people, more audience to your content. And yeah. it's something you have to do every day, too. It's something I, I personally am experimenting with, with myself. It's like, you know, putting myself out there and... Yeah. trying to grow my audience and it, it's may, it may be scary at first but like it's really not that scary anymore after you get a lot of like heartwarming support from your your fans supporters and you're like wow like maybe this is maybe this is possible you know and sometimes most of the time it's you get in your own way it's like you let your fears get in your own way you know 100%, right we stop ourselves from doing things that the world wants us to do yeah like i bet you have a ton of followers in, in your audience that would love to hear from you more often. Yeah, I mean, that's it's kind of yeah. surprising, right? Because to yourself, it's like, who would want to listen to me? You're all pessimistic, but realistically, like, yeah. like people love your passion, your energy, and like hearing you talk, you know? Yeah, Definitely, totally. Man. And I, so I think when we give ourselves permission, yeah. when we go out there and put ourselves out there and we're a little bit vulnerable, it's yeah. amazing it opens up in other people, right? When they mm-hmm. hear that, they're like, they want to open up. They're coming and they're sending me messages. I get all kinds of texts and DMs yeah. when I get something really like personal. You know, mm-hmm. I agree, man. Hey, so what yeah. is your biggest source of motivation? What is your why? What do you do? The things you do. So that's multi-layered, but I'll say it like this: my why is I just want to be living a life of impact, contribution, and to my fullest potential so that mm-hmm. when somebody writes my eulogy and like I meet that person that basically could have been me, meaning my fullest potential versus who I am when I pass into the next Raman dimension, mm-hmm. I want them to be best friends. I want them to look each other in the eye. I want them to be like, wow, you made it and you did everything you could mm-hmm. and you lived a really full life and you impacted the world and you helped people, and you hit your goals, and you showed up. Mm-hmm. That's awesome. I want that to happen. What I don't want to happen is to make that acquaintance yeah. and realize that that person is a distant figment to what I just said. It's somebody that I can't relate to, I don't want to be friends with, or I don't want to hang out with. Yeah. Okay. That's, that's my goal, is to reach that end point and have, be proud of the eulogy that people write about me. Yeah, that's, that's a great big source of why, man. I can see why you're so driven, dude. Hey, uh, what kind of advice would you give someone that's just starting out as a real estate agent um, that's trying to just make it and, you know, probably in the yeah. same situation you were when you first started? What kind of advice would you would you give to them? Sure. 
I think the biggest thing for me is like being really resourceful, right? So mm-hmm. like you don't have a lot of money, you don't have a lot of experience, you gotta be scrappy, right? This idea of grit, you gotta find a way to learn the skills you need to move the needle. Mm-hmm. So there's a couple of key skills in any business, right? That'll be the ones that really start to make traction, progress, and, and move that needle. Mm-hmm. And really, if you're in sales as an agent, it's learning how to list properties, right? Develop leads and list properties, negotiate mm-hmm. and market yourself and your properties. Those are three foundational skills. I'd say as an early investor, it's locating, mm-hmm. sourcing, and finding deals like we talked about, right? Mm-hmm. And finding out and understanding how to capitalize deals, so mm-hmm. how to raise money when you don't have it, mm-hmm. friends, family, your network. And you realize too that a lot of creative partnership structures, you can be taking these deals down and putting little to sometimes none of your own money because you control the deal, you found it, mm-hmm. you sourced it, you might manage it or bring together a team and that is value to a partnership, even if you don't have 50, 100, 200 grand to put into it. And so people need to realize that there's ways that you can be valuable in the marketplace of ideas and real estate, but you've got to be resourceful, right? So it's not like this mentality that, well, I don't have enough money and it takes Mm -hmm. money to make money, so I can't be a real estate investor. That's Mm -hmm. not true. You can learn some of the skills I just said, go find people that have money, that want to be diversified, that want to get into real estate, that just don't know how, and all of a sudden you have an attractive deal You've learned how to underwrite and evaluate. You've secured it with a contract, and now you're going to bring it to a, a group of you know investors. And you'd be surprised. And I'm not going to say easy that is, but how straightforward it can be if you allow it. Yeah, I absolutely agree with that statement, man. And there's a lot of fear involved with money, the concept of money, asking for money, making money. But so, to be honest, like as we're both real estate investors, it's actually I want like you said, it's not easy, but it's actually not very difficult to raise a large sum of money. You'll find that a lot of people out there want to invest money into your project. You know, totally. so all you have to do is get over your own fear. Here's, here's, here's that part again. You're blocking yourself from making that kind of money because you're scared. And, and be okay with picking up the phone as we say, smile and dial. Smile exactly. and dial and have value to bring to the table. Exactly. So if you have a good deal, mm-hmm. we always say a good deal can always get financed. Yep. A good deal is always going to raise money. A good deal is going to be compelling in the marketplace. Of exactly. So if you can control and find the deal and you can build the confidence in yourself and know how to present the deal, mm-hmm. you're going to be successful. It's hard not to be. Exactly. And a lot of it is getting over the fear of rejection too. You know, yeah. I think as soon as you get over that fear that no is just a word and that you just, it's a numbers game. You just find the next person that says yes. All you need is one yes. You know? Totally. And the other thing, too, for your audience is once you do one or two smaller deals, there's no reason why you can't simply level up to now instead of doing deals that require 200 maybe or 250 in equity. Mm-hmm. Why not do a deal that's two or three times the size mm-hmm. that's you know, similar, but you're just raising slightly bigger checks from a slightly bigger network. Exactly. But you're doing the same amount of work, relatively the same amount of time. And once you do that and start to scale your deal size up and your returns up, mm-hmm. and all of a sudden it starts to open up a whole new uh, playing field and market, and it starts to increase your liquidity, grow the net worth, you get more investors that are interested, a higher net worth, and then all of a sudden, you're really starting to build a portfolio. Yeah, absolutely agree with that one. It's all mindset, man. Everything you mentioned so far in this podcast is mindset, mindset, mindset. That's how you look at it. You know? (laughs) I love it, man. Hey, with with that topic, go ahead. One more thing than that, I just, I believe like, I love Napoleon Hill. It's like a Bible of the self-help industry, mm-hmm. right? In the personal development, pre-Great Depression, one of the best works I think I've ever read in that space. Yeah, and Think and Grow Rich. 
Yeah. Benjamin Gorbachev, the best quote out of there, in my opinion, is this. Whatever the mind can conceive and believe, it can achieve. So literally, all you have to do is believe in your idea and yourself, right? Conceive it and create it, and then go after it with action, action, action. And it's really hard for the universe not to repay you with a result. I agree, man. You'd be surprised if like, like you keep going for your goals and you keep working towards it. The universe will actually help you out. It'll push you forward. (laughs) Yeah, it's crazy. Law of attraction. (laughs) Like light energy attracts light energy. So if you're just this like barrel of good energy and vibes and you're helping people and putting good energy out in the world, like Mm -hmm. that's going to be returned to you several times over. I agree. I I really like uh, Steve Jobs' quote where he's like, the people who are foolish enough to believe that they can change the world are often the ones that do. Yeah, I love that one too. That's a great one. It's one of my favorite quotes. With that being said, what is your favorite book, podcast, or any media, median that you draw inspiration from? Great question. Um, so I read quite a bit. I read like two books a month. So mm-hmm. I read like 27 books last year. Wow. So a little bit over that. This year I'm committing to the same. And I listen to probably, I don't know, maybe like four to six podcast episodes a week, mainly when I'm working out in the car or traveling. I read mostly on my Kindle, on my uh, iPad, because mm-hmm. I travel a ton and it's super mobile and easy to see. It's right here. Um, I love a physical book, but it's not always practical, given what I just said. Yeah. Um, I'd say I mean 60 to 70% is in the personal and professional development space, mm-hmm. and the remainder is in uh, history, the classics, and a little bit of fiction. Mm-hmm. Um, things I'm reading right now, I'm reading concurrently two books. One is The Aeneid, uh, by Virgil, which is a great Roman uh, epic poem from Roman antiquity, mm-hmm. um, amazing classic, and uh, it was a gift from somebody, a really nice gift for Christmas. <laughs> That's Two, awesome. It, the um, other book I'm reading is by the guy who started the Daily Stoic. I think his name's Ryan Holiday. Okay. He, this is a really good one. He wrote uh, The Obstacle is the Way, and it's the timeless art of turning trials. That's one of my favorite books as well. It's an awesome book. Yeah. Yeah, that's awesome. Man. That. So yeah, that's where I get my inspiration is staying mm-hmm. around thought leadership and ideas in the space. People, I follow a lot of big, big names and accounts that, that really resonate with me, such as uh, I love Lewis Howes. I've gone to a couple of his events. Mm-hmm. Uh, Tony Robbins, several of his, I've coached with him. Mm-hmm. Um, Grant Cardone, I love what he's doing in the real estate space. It's like real estate meets sales meets investment racing with Cardone yeah. Capital meets like like hyper big social media presence in your face, yeah. but he's super successful. Yeah. Um, a couple other people. So I just, I try to stay like intentional with what I'm consuming. I don't watch much TV. Yeah. Like you know, yeah, I watch like a couple sporting events here and there. Yeah. On Netflix here, there are strong morning and evening routines and just make sure that you're safeguarding time to like enrich and grow your mind. Like it's not yeah. all about, even though I'm still in the office and it's almost 10 PM Eastern. Yeah. Um, not all about working, but I got a couple of deadlines. I'm buying another hotel. That's I got to awesome, finish loan package stuff up tonight. Yeah. And, you know, we're, we're talking, so that works. But, mm-hmm. you know, give yourself, like, personal time. Like, make sure you, you guard that almost like you would guard your professional schedule for meetings mm-hmm. that you have to keep and, and obligations with others, right? Because if we don't do that, we end up becoming a little bit dull exactly. and a little bit unexciting. Like, mm-hmm. we're, we're not as excited and inspired, right? If we can't talk about things other than just what our – craft and trade necessities mm-hmm. i love i love everything you said man and i love how you mentioned that you know you watch very little tv and you keep a lot of information that's that will push you forward because in, in in essence what that does is it trains your subconscious mind 
you know? I'm really big on that too. I'm a really big like training your self-conscious mind because, you know, you don't want to use your your main focus abilities just making random decisions. You want to listen to all the good material so then you make these decisions, these good decisions subconsciously, you know? Yeah. Where it's like... You, it's like you don't you don't do anything that's detrimental to your own success without even knowing it. That's how you know you're gonna be super successful. Oh, you know? Yeah, that's you hit it, man. <laughs> that's awesome, man. So let's ask one a uh, couple final questions. So if you can restart your real estate career all over again, what is one thing you do differently? Ooh, that's a good one. Um, I'd probably get into investing earlier. Mm-hmm. Still mid thirties, so I got a long runway. And the other thing is, no matter how old your listeners are, guys. However, I don't care if you're mid forties, mid fifties, sixties. Mm-hmm. It's never too late to start and to get involved because, frankly, today and every day is day one of the rest of your life. So exactly. Don't think about what's come and don't look at the sunset. Mm-hmm. Look at the sunrise, right? Like it's all ahead of us. Mm-hmm. So don't get discouraged. I accomplished a ton in five years that I never would have thought I could in fifteen. Yeah. So another Tony Robbins quote that I love is. We often grossly overestimate what we can accomplish in a year and mm-hmm. underestimate what we can in five, right? Mm-hmm. And so think about that, right? Play the medium game and the long game. So for me, mm-hmm. I mean, it's not even a regret. It's just like, hey, had I been able to do it over, I would have gotten put more time and money into the investment side as opposed to the brokerage. And yeah. Well, brokerage is great. You earn a ton. You get to meet amazing people, several of which are partners and good friends of mine now. Mm-hmm. You get to make good income. A lot of our commission checks are you know, quite large. But here's the thing. It's still an inherently transactional mm-hmm. time for money game. Whereas I want to build a portfolio of passive investments, right? That cover mm-hmm. lifestyle, net worth building, and can leverage through equity and the use of proper debt leverage to buy other things, right? To mm-hmm. scale and grow. So that's the only thing that I would change slightly. But here's the thing like, we're doing more of that now. We're buying another hotel, we're looking at some other apartment complexes, and mm-hmm. we're doing that. But yeah, I would say that yes, if you're in real estate sales, take the broker's hat off and mm-hmm. try to put the principal and the investor developer hat on more because you're around so many deals off market and on mm-hmm. that if you just look at them differently, mm-hmm. you could start to be the one that buys them, not just be the agent that represents the owners. Mm-hmm. And I think you really hit the nail on the head. I think uh, during my podcast and talking to a lot of real estate agents in the industry, I realized that a lot of real estate agents, ironically, are not investors. You know? Well, most actually, most do yeah. not do it at all. That's so ironic. Yeah. <laughs> You're in the field. <laughs> so bizarre, I know. It's, the, it's, it's what we come back to. It's the mindset. The mindset is yeah. it's going after the next deal. It's, it's, it's a little bit tunnel vision. It's not thinking creatively. And it's also not giving yourself permission that it's okay to do more than one thing. Like, it's okay mm-hmm. to diversify. It's okay to, like, not work 90-hour weeks, but maybe work 50-hour weeks and work 20 hours on your investing business. Yeah, absolutely, man. That's, that's a really good point. Hey, Kier, as we're approaching the end of the podcast, how can our listeners reach out to you? Sure. Yeah, thank you, Brian. Um, the best place for me is just my website, guys. It's kierweimer.com. Okay. A-E-I-R-W-E-I-M-E-R.com. Uh, we have a lot of free resources there. Uh, we've uh, got a free mini course. Um, we're, uh, my uh, second book is launching in a week. Congratulations. Um, yeah. so, bonuses for that thank you yeah some great worksheets a mini video course and um an ebook that are all free if you uh purchase so this is actually great way to start a new year and a new decade it's, it's called live inspired mm-hmm. um so pretty excited about that and there's just a bunch of you know free content on our blog that we give away so we like to to really just give 
support and provide value. And if people like what they see, there's always other ways that we can, you know, do stuff together and work together. Awesome, man. And I'll also include that in the show notes as well. Okay, great. Appreciate it. Hey. Thank you, and, and thank you so much for being on the show. It's really, really fun having you on, man. Very energetic. We're very like-minded, so appreciate your time, man. Yeah, Brian, I really appreciate you inviting me on. It's been you know, a, a real treat to talk to you and your listeners, and hopefully they, you, know, you guys were able to get something out of this. If I can be of any support or help in your goals and your, mm-hmm. your mission in life, whether it be real estate-related or, or life-related, uh, don't hesitate to reach out. Awesome, man. Thank you so much. Yeah, thank you. All right.